I speak to you in the name of God, who is lover, beloved, and love overflowing. Please be seated. From the Gospel of Luke, they seized Jesus and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. But Peter was following at a distance. When they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him in the firelight, stared at him and said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And then after another denial and yet another denial, we're told, At that moment, while he was still speaking, the cock crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered how he had said to him, Before the cock crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. And from the Acts of the Apostles, The people became enraged and ground their teeth at Stephen, and with a loud shout all rushed together against him. Then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him, and the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul, and Saul approved of their killing him. These are, of course, our accounts of Peter's denial his three times denial, which we heard Jesus give him the opportunity to reverse in our gospel reading, and the account of Paul's participation in the violent persecution and killing of followers of Jesus in the early Jesus movement. Peter and Paul, whom we celebrate today, were not always saints, Peter and Paul. One was a very poor example of discipleship, and the other was opposed to that discipleship entirely. I find great hope in this, because these two men together, who once were enemies, with the help of the Holy Spirit, birthed one of the most radically inclusive spiritual visions our world has ever seen. If I asked each of you, why are you here this morning, there would be lots of ways we could all answer that question. Because as a child, my grandmother planted a seed of faith in my heart. Or because once when I hit rock bottom, I was desperate and I wandered into a church. We would all have different answers and maybe multiple answers to that question. But there's one answer that is true for all of us this morning, and that is we are all here, all of us, because of Saints Peter and Paul. And not because it's their feast day, but because of their work for the gospel, and particularly because of the way each of them broke open and were broken open by the gospel. Peter and Paul, both of them Jewish followers of Jesus, both of them eventually followers of Jesus, a Jewish rabbi, both of these men had their hearts broken open by Jesus to a universal vision 
a gospel that transcended race, ethnicity, and even religious boundaries, welcoming Gentiles and therefore probably most or maybe all of us in this room into the fold. And so none of us would be here without Saints Peter and Paul. It was Paul who wrote, There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. These are words that cut right to the heart of the three primary categories human beings use to divide ourselves, race, class, and gender or sexuality. Human beings are always forming hierarchies along these lines, Jew and Greek, slave and free, male and female, race, class, sex. And Paul saw in all of this, although not at first, not until his heart was shattered open by the light of Christ, he saw in all of this the way the world assigns value based on either or, us versus them, and in and out. We define our worth over and against someone else's. If they have worth equal to mine, if God loves them as much as God loves me, then my worth is diminished. Or so our dualistic minds think. These categories of division, separation, and hierarchy were deeply ingrained in the world that Peter and Paul moved and ministered in, and they are still deeply ingrained in our world today. The Greek philosopher Thales, who lived in the third century before Jesus, is remembered as thanking the gods each day for three things. First, that I was born a human being and not one of the brutes, which was a reference to slaves. Next, that I was born a man and not a woman. And thirdly, that I was born a Greek and not a barbarian. And from the same time period, we also have a record of the following Jewish prayer attributed to Rabbi Judah, who offered it each morning. These are the three blessings one must pray daily. Blessed art thou who did not make me a Gentile. Blessed art thou who did not make me a woman. Blessed art thou who did not make me uneducated. Race, gender, class. These divisions were so taken for granted in the first century and today that it's astounding that the early Jesus movement said, no, in Christ these hierarchies are abolished. In the kingdom of God, we're all of equal rank and value. The community we form in the way of Jesus will not play by these rules. Jesus has shattered all of that. It's difficult for us to get our minds around just how radical this was. These words weren't written during the civil rights movement of the 1950s and 60s. They weren't written during the women's liberation movement of the 1970s. They weren't written during the fight for LGBTQ equality in the 90s or now. They were written as our Christian charter 2,000 years ago, and we're still trying to catch up with them. Paul didn't come by this vision easily. He underwent a sudden, blinding, shattering encounter with the light of Christ that broke open his heart and rearranged his mind. And Peter, who walked with Jesus in his earthly life and ministry, struggled initially with this inclusive vision as well. 
we see Jesus had been living into this vision throughout the Gospels, working to break down the us-versus-them thinking of the disciples. He used examples like Samaritans and Romans as models of good faith. The parable of the Good Samaritan, or in other words, the Good Heretic, the unorthodox one outside our religious boundaries. And he says he's modeling true faith. And then we're not told at the end of the parable, and the Samaritan converted to Orthodox Judaism. Jesus says of a Roman, that is a pagan, I found greater faith in you than in all the household of Israel, than in my own religious tradition. And again, we're not told, and then the Roman converted to Orthodox Judaism. They go off in these stories, still a heretic, still a pagan, and Jesus says, look at them. Look for the holy outside your boxes and lines and boundaries. But the full implications of this vision still had to be worked out in the early years of the Jesus movement. And when Paul pushed to draw the circle wider, to welcome in Gentiles who had not converted to Judaism, Peter resisted fiercely such a wildly inclusive approach. And they disagreed vehemently with each other. Paul writes in his letter to the Galatians that I opposed Peter to his face. But scripture tells us that Peter, in a trance, received a vision telling him to go against his own religious training and to eat with unclean Gentiles. And he would later report to his companions, the Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. In Christ, there can be no them and us. Peter and Paul came to support each other in this new radical vision of inclusion. They reconciled their hearts and their vision. And in the second letter of Peter, we find Paul referred to as our beloved brother. The fact that they are celebrated with a combined feast is especially poignant. They show us that even enemies, even the most polarized people, with a little help from the Holy Spirit, can become the dearest of friends. We need that witness at this deeply polarized moment in our country and in our world. Peter and Paul show us that one who persecuted a movement and another who opposed inclusion in that same movement can together become apostles of a love that transcends boundaries and fear. You all know that across the United States and the Episcopal Church, we've been celebrating Pride Month this June. And as you may know, it was 53 years ago yesterday, July 28th, very early in the morning in Greenwich Village, that an uprising began. And in the midst of a violent police raid on the gay community, a black trans woman named Marsha P. Johnson resisted. And now the history of violence and movements of liberation is complicated, and I don't even want to go there. But let's say that Marsha P. Johnson said, no, you will not define my value and dignity over and against your own. I belong. We belong. And others joined her in that resistance, and the modern movement for LGBTQ rights was born. 
that current of justice and inclusion is the continued outworking of that same current of love and inclusion that broke open Peter and Paul's hearts. And Marsha P. Johnson's reality as a queer person of color, as a trans woman, reminds us that our liberation, our gospel liberation, is always intersectional, that we are always interwoven. Women's rights are not separate from the rights of people of color, are not separate from the rights of LGBTQ lives, are not separate from the rights of indigenous lives. As Dr. King reminds us in his own summary of this core essence of the gospel, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. Or, in the words of St. Paul, all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And in the words of St. Peter, the Spirit told me to not make a distinction between them and us. How do we continue to translate the movement of the gospel, this vision of inclusive love into our time, into our polarized moment in the world? How do we continue drawing the circle wider, softening our divided and polarized hearts? Well, we might begin by meditating on the icon of Peter and Paul that you will see as you exit the church that you may have noticed as you entered an icon of two people who were once enemies, who once opposed each other, embracing each other, kissing, holding each other as friends. How did they get there? They listened to each other. Both of them were willing to say, I was wrong. Both of them were willing to have their vision broken open. And both of them found that possibility, something worth living and dying for. And both of them did die for that vision. And so in these divided times, St. Peter, St. Paul, pray for us. Call out to them for their intercession, that they may help us carry the vision of gospel love, gospel justice, gospel inclusion, ever more fully in our world and ever more deeply in our hearts. Amen.